why did I give myself another job? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great because you're actually destigmatizing being dismissed. I think that's a great way to start the podcast, actually, this episode of Dismissed with my fantastic guest and soon to be best friend, Jennifer Morozowicz. Uh, Jen, do you want to introduce who you are and what you do to the listeners? Sure. Um, so yeah, Jennifer Morozowicz, and I'm a partner at a recruiting boutique company called Junction Collective. And we, we focus really on um, finding amazing people for our clients in the areas of uh, advertising and marketing. And that is a relatively recent development, <laughs> right? A couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, we started actually, um, I think we went into lockdown on March 14th or something like that. And we, mm -hmm. we opened our doors the day before. <laughs> so it's either like absolutely bananas or brilliant. I like to think it's brilliant. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we're relatively new. But before working as a recruiter, I worked in advertising. And yeah. uh, I spent a good 20 plus years working in that crazy industry. Yeah. Um, and as a recruiter... I imagine you deal with people who have been summarily dismissed a number of times and who feel that they need to get back on that horse, but need that kind of connection. And being the person you are, you have those connections. All the time. Uh, so people, you know, it's really quite sad because they reach out with their tail between their legs and they feel ashamed that they've been dismissed. And they're a little bit hesitant to even let me know, but honestly, <laughs> From my perspective, being dismissed is a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. It means that you're you're disrupting something in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, I I absolutely do not shy away from people who have been dismissed. I'm curious to know what their story is. You know, why did they they end up you know being dismissed in the first place, and, mm -hmm. and how do they feel about it, and have they internalized it as well? Which yeah. people tend to do. Well, yeah, and in talking with John Finkelstein, that that was one of the things that we we discussed at length was the idea of getting past it, and how do you get past it? And that's one of the things that is the main focus of this uh, podcast and of this episode, and getting an individual story, an individual take on on what happened to them and how they managed to work their way past um, that little internal struggle you end up with. And I wondered. Do you have a story to tell, Jennifer? I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been, I've been dismissed four times. You're allowed to say fired, by the way. Like, <laughs> I, I appreciate you keeping up with the theme of the podcast name, but it, honestly, like, it, it's, I, I've been trying to, and I, I, I'll, this may not end up in it, but I've been trying to think of, like, what is the opening, and is it, like, just going into the the thesaurus and reading all the versions of being fired and and just ending it on dismissed as the title you know so no you can say fired let go laid off you know uh, had your severed ties severed with the company like everything to me is it all matters you know it's really you've been given new opportunities and when i think of fired i think of donald trump right right sure. so, yeah uh, but so four times i've been i've been fired um and like I mentioned earlier to, I think before we started the podcast, I, that there really are three reasons in my perspective why people are, are fired. Mm -hmm. And they all start with P. One is, is uh, performance. So if you're just not doing your job, and that's totally cool. You know, some people aren't meant to be in the roles that they're in. That's fine. And then there's politics, which is most of the time, to be quite mm -hmm. honest. And that's usually a new um, 
new hiring manager or, or new uh, leadership coming into play and they tend to bring their own people or shake things up, shake things up. Exactly. And that's just their way of um, demonstrating their authority a little bit. So there's politics and then there's personal. So if you just rub people the wrong way, which often I do. And uh, I've been, I've been fired four times. As I mentioned, it's a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I, I wear them proudly uh, because it, it demonstrates that, I kind of buck the status quo a little bit and do my own thing. And it's, I don't like being told how to do things or what to do by people who um, shouldn't be in a a position of authority. Uh, But (laughs) I'll I'll tell you if you, if you want, like, do you want me to tell you kind of the story and what happened? Yes, of course. (laughs) Yes. That's the point. Yeah. I want to. Okay. Okay. So the first time um, I was very early in junior in my career and I was at an agency and I won't name names or anything like that just to protect the the innocent or not so innocent. But I was working with an agency, award-winning shop, was super happy there and was there for five years. Just had my review, my performance review, and it was A++ glowing. I was kind of like the golden child there, mm. to be honest. Um, and then we got new management we had a new president, we had a new managing director, we had all new people. And they wanted to bring in their old people from their previous agency. And right. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was devastated. It was my very first firing. And I thought, did I do something wrong? What can I do differently? I cried. I was yeah. bawling. Uh, and I was absolutely devastated. But it was, it was fantastic because the same day that I got fired, a recruiter, uh, Jill Fagan is her name. She's one of my best friends, actually. Mm-hmm. She reached out to me and said, hey, I've got a great opportunity for, for you at another agency. More money, better salary, better title. And right. that was it. And you were like, <laughs> what? What? Sorry? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Can I, let me ask yeah. you, <laughs> let me ask you, well, and th- that actually happened to me too. I actually, um, on my way home from getting let go from a, from a position, I got a call and the person said, are you available to do some contract work? And I was like, surprisingly, yes, right now I am. I'm very available. And I had my box of stuff in the car, uh, the seat beside me. And I was just like, this is the best day ever. (laughs) That's how it works out. Usually. Um, Sometimes, sometimes sometimes. I would would say sometimes, but I want to ask you a question. So because, because now you, you can look back and go, they brought, they were, you know, a senior management team that came in and started replacing people with their people. How was it? Because you can't just do that, right? You have to have a reason. So how did they frame it to you that it, because it would be, if, if you, if, if it was simply politics and you're like, Oh, it's politics, it wouldn't have bothered you that much. So they had to have framed it differently to make, to justify you being let go. They did. They said that there was no opportunity for growth for me. Uh, I was at the time an account supervisor and they said mm. that I was ready to be an account director, but there was nowhere to put me. Right. So uh, a, a realignment of the role basically yeah. for you. And, and there was no space, which is the, you know, and, and, and that is a much easier, uh, it's, it's a much easier pill to swallow when you realize it has zero to do with you and it has everything to do with somebody else, you know, like, I, I, I thought to... it was all me. I thought I did something wrong. It was, that was a lesson learned because mm. the next three times got much easier. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a common theme in, in, in my conversation so far is like a, yeah, I mean, the next time I was, I was fired, it was no big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in terms of the moving into the new, the new position that Jill had found for you, 
did you carry in any kind of that those abandonment issues that you you had did you walk into that role being afraid or were you ready to go no i walked into the role ready to go um but what i brought in with me was was grief yeah uh, yeah. I really loved where I was working and it was, it was an agency that was, it was the, the agency at that time, like right. the agency. For and sure. I grew up there because it was really my first job and I grew up there and uh, I, I mourned them for a long time. And people would say to me, Jen, you don't work there anymore. Stop talking about them. Yeah. I, it was like a, a jilted lover. Yeah. And, and, it, and that's a, and it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough go because I, I find, you know, I've been working since I was, I, uh, my wife and I were talking about it. Um, I've been working since I was 12, you know, ever since I could push a mower, do, you know, raking, whatever, like I've been working from, I've been wanting money and needing to do it. So I, I, I to not have something to do all of a sudden is a, is a, problematic thing for someone that wants to be busy all the time and uh, you know i i want and especially when someone kind of lets you go and you're not ready for it i can i can understand that that analogy of the jilted lover like uh, what did i do wrong you know yeah but i learned especially at the agency that jill placed me at um again i i I was kind of the golden child there Mm -hmm. it it and I was there for five years. They ended up going under. They shut their doors. They lost a huge account. So I lost that job too, but we all did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was really sad. But the next job that I had, I was let go also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. But so the last job was, uh, or the job after the one Jill placed me at, sorry, was uh, a smaller agency and they ended up eliminating my department. yeah so i was the head of of uh insights and innovation okay and they realized that they were too small to have a department like that Mm -hmm. so they let me go but again just like at my first role i had a job lined up already oh really like Mm -hmm. even even before they said hey what this isn't going to work out you're like oh it's pretty much the same day so i I actually accepted an offer i was about to resign (laughs) you can't fire me i quit right (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing there was no love loss i mean i'm still great friends with everybody at that agency they're wonderful humans it had nothing to do with anything um they just got rid of the department you know it, 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 it's an interesting thing, especially in marketing. And, uh, you know, this is the conversation I've had a, a number of times is, you know, we, we place as individuals, we place a lot of value on the loyalty that we give to an organization. And we don't necessarily understand that that loyalty is not reciprocated at all. I mean, you know, there's a certain level of uh, obligation that an organization or a corporation gives to their employees but at the end of the day they will make a decision on your behalf that you may not agree with and it's 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 up to the individual to understand the weight to which we give that decision you know what i mean well you know what hugh i i've actually thought about that in previous roles and what i discovered is that it's less about the loyalty to the company and it's more about the loyalty to the people that you're working with because you're in the trenches with them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and even if you get fired, it doesn't matter because that loyalty to those people still exists. 
So the relationships continue beyond you working at that agency or that company. Yeah, it is. It is a very, I, I would, I would absolutely 100% agree with that. Uh, it, it, I would speak about, you know, thinking boxes being, oh, I, I would give that, I'll probably bleep the name out, but it doesn't really matter. I've already said their name a billion times. Um, I would, I would say that I, oh, you should come work here. This is gr- a great place to work. And then I got let go. And I, and I was like, oh, the place isn't great. The people are awesome. I really liked everybody I worked with. I mean, you can't like everyone, but I liked 98% of the people I worked with, all really hardworking people. Everybody, you know, the second the pandemic hit, you just saw nothing but effort to make sure that the company did well. Um, and and it it was a struggle initially for me not to instantly identify every single person with thinking box as their employer as also an antagonist for me. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I'm old and I've got a lot of years of this behind me, underneath me, and I realize that none of them are personal, personally against or personally with it. So, you know, the 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 other thing about it, and I, this is going to sound really weird. But the, I don't know if you've noticed this, but what I've noticed is the more I do what I do in general, like be a, a good person to other people and, and my coworkers and all this stuff, the more that loyalty goes beyond whatever company we were working together. So they move on. And next thing I know, I'm getting a call from company three and, and, and they're just going, Hey, do you remember we worked together for a couple of years? And like, yeah, of course we've stayed in touch, you know, it's that sort of thing. And it's, it's mm-hmm. a, such an interesting experience to realize that the individual connections you, you make are way more valuable than the, than the names of the companies that are on your LinkedIn, you know? Absolutely. And chances are you'll encounter them again in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also, if you think about it, they're in the same situation that you are. They're probably fearing their jobs. Oh Yeah. People are afraid to speak their minds, though, especially when an example has been made. And there, there have been times I, I'm very opinionated and, and I'm, I'm proud of that, to be quite honest. And I stand up for people. Yeah. And uh, sometimes when you do stand up for people, you are the one that gets the backlash, not, oh, the, yeah. not the people you're standing up for. Um, so it takes a really strong human to to voice their opinion at a company and do, do it fearlessly. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I 100% agree. I, I do it all the time. You yeah. know, I've had, I've had, I've had my bosses tell me, I'm really glad that your employees, like your reports are loyal to you. They seem really loyal to you and you're loyal to them, but I need, I need you to do this. And it's sort of like, man, if you can justify why you want me to, you know, reprimand somebody and it's not just a, you didn't like that they spoke up. I'll do it. But if you can't, and it's just a, a show of force, I'm not going to do it for you. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, what's really cool is um, the agency where I worked with your wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, my previous boss who was there, who they ended up firing. He recognized that people were coming to me because I was expressing um, their ideas for them because they were right. too afraid to. He put a couch in front of my office area so people could wait in line to talk to me. And he also said, <laughs> seriously, and he sent me to coaching school. He sent me to the Coaches Training Institute so I could better coach people. And Which, that's, that's amazing. That's that an amazing acknowledgement. Leadership? That's an acknowledgement of this is you are doing something that 
you weren't necessarily supposed to be doing, but I, I can see the value in it. And I know that it's helping our entire structure, yeah. right? Then they fired him. <laughs> yeah. And then they fired me. Surely not because of the coaching course though. No, um, I don't know exactly why they fired him, but I know why they fired me. Oh. Um, I was the, the head they of strategy. Fired the coach. <laughs> they fired the coach. <laughs> coach was really ugly, but it was, it served its purpose. Yeah. Um, you were strategy. No, I ended up getting a, a boss, having a boss who said to me one day, John, I don't know why we have creative briefs. We don't need oh. them. he was he was a lovely human but he was also um not a strategy person not a creative person right at that time i reported to the creative director um and when they fired the creative director i ended up reporting to the new business person and he had no idea what strategy was um he didn't understand the creative process and he, he fired me Wow. And wow. that one, that was a little surprising. Um, but I kind of felt like you want to fire me, go right ahead because you guys are screwed, man. Like if you don't want a creative brief, good luck to you. You know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, if you, if you decide you don't need strategy, then you have decided you are a production shop. You are there to do yeah. hourly rate and that's all you care about. What am I going to bill per hour? You don't care about creativity. You don't care about insight. If you get rid of your strategy team, good luck. But, you know, I hope you do really well financially, but you're unlikely to do well in terms of creativity. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Right. Exactly what happened. They went from winning awards to being a production shop, really. Yeah. And they, they had a lot of turnover in the creative team. But um, it was at that point, though, like thinking about life lessons and lessons learned from being fired and this would have been, I guess, I'm, I'm, I want to say like maybe 2010, um, I decided that I never wanted to be fired again. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm like, I want to do something on my own. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I, I'm a hustler as well. Like I, I, I'm pretty driven. Mm-hmm. So I created my own business. I created a, a consulting business for creative problem solving and for uh, qualitative research and a whole bunch of different things. Right. So I did that for a while and then fell back into the full-time agency world because we went through a little bit of a recession and mm-hmm. you know things were up and down but i went back full-time to an agency and uh left that agency went to another agency for a hot minute to become their head of strategy and then the previous agency kind of begged me to come back so i did and then one day i was about to book a meeting with the um managing director and i looked in her calendar because we all shared calendars um, right. and i saw in her calendar fire my boss, fire this person in her calendar. (laughs) (laughs) So I I marched down to her office and they said, what's happening? You're firing my boss. And she was mortified that she forgot that. It was visible. visible. Yeah. So she sat me down and said, yes, but you know what? You're totally untouchable. You're fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So they brought in her replacement. And the second I met him, I said, Hi, I'm Jen. I'm here to help you. I'm your right-hand person. Let me know what you need from me. And he's like, I'm good. Thank you. I don't need anything. Yeah. Alone kind of thing. And then he Uh, said, I need you to write your job description. Oh God. So I did. And then I saw it on LinkedIn. Amazing. And amazing. Yeah. And then he said, "Um, I have an interview with somebody tonight. I'd like for you to meet them. And I was curious, you know, for what role? 
my role. <laughs> so he wanted me to interview your replacement. my replacement. And I talked to the president. I talked to the managing director. And I said, I need to know, are you firing me? Because right. this sounds a little weird. And they said, no, 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 we're not firing you. You're good. You're good. You're good. And then they fired me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one, <laughs> that one made me mad. Yeah. Um, that one I took personally. So the 100%. three percent personally, and I think it was because I rubbed the the new person the wrong way, um, and I tried to. I was going to take them to court and everything, mm-hmm. and then I figured, you know what? Screw it. I don't want that energy around me. I, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't need to do this. And right. ironically, you know, now I'm in a position where I'm kind of the the gatekeeper, I guess you could say, between candidates and companies, and. Mm-hmm. The people who um, fired me reached out to me for jobs. <laughs> now you want my help. <laughs> yeah, and now you don't have to give it. That's that's fantastic. I mean, it, is that is that Schadenfreude? <laughs> I believe it. Is it irony? I don't know. I can never tell. You know, the delicious enjoyment of someone else's uh, uh, uncom- discomfort. Yeah. Fantastic. That's one. And then also, you didn't want me, but now you need me. Yeah, actually, it was funny. This is an aside, but uh, from one of my former employers, they gave me a really bad review. And it was and I had said and it was impossible. Like the review was so bad that I was like, this is impossible. This is not what I did for the year that you're reviewing me for. Like, not at all. So I went I said, I'm not signing this. I went home. I wrote my own review back explaining everything I did for them over the course of the year, including like working weekends, whatever, and, and sent it back and included everybody that was part of my review. And I said, this is my rebuttal. And they went, okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about this in a while. And then I kept saying, they gave me that review because they wanted me to quit because they want to hire my replacement and don't want to pay my severance. And what was incredible was I repeated that a number of times to coworkers and they were like, that's crazy. No one would do that. I'm like, oh, people will do that. 100% they will do that. And then, you know, what do you know, a couple weeks later? And I I said, I'm writing it out. I'm going to work my nine to five that I'm paid to do. I'm no longer doing overtime like I have been doing, bust my ass. And then finally the CEO came out and he's like, hey, so just to let you, we're going to let you go. Uh, here, we'll give you a severance package of this many weeks. And, you know, we really appreciate having you. I'm, I really apologize for that review, you know, but, you know, we're going to let it, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get rid of you. Not in that, in that, not get rid of you. That yeah. wasn't the right word, but whatever. And I was like, cause you're hiring X and he goes, uh, yeah. And I was like, so I fucking that was knew politics, it. right. That wasn't performance. Obviously. Nope. It was nope. all politics. It was all politics. And it was, it wasn't even personal. Like it right. was just, they really wanted this other person to replace me, this other creative technologist. And he didn't have anything to do with it. You know, he's a great guy. I would say, you know, everybody at that place is are great people, but they really wanted this other person because he had like one additional skill set that I didn't. And they didn't feel like I was going to train up fast enough. So they replaced me. And I, you know what? I, I left that really upset. Like it really bothered me. It took a long time to bounce back from that one. And it's not, it, we have no control over that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, now, you know, when thinking box, let me go, I didn't take it personally. I was just like, you gotta be kidding. You know, like it just, I was, I'm, I've, oh, I've just been bewildered by the entire experience, but you know, four days later, 
I end up on, I end up getting an email from what is going to be a life-changing project and, you know, come pride 2022, there should be something incredible happening that is going to make me go crazy. So yeah, that's what I, happens. It sounds woo woo, but the universe doesn't like empty space, right? So they fill it fills it up with something. Yeah. Well, somebody, so I remember I'd heard, I don't remember who it was that had said it, but they were like, you know, the phrase uh, when a door opens, you know, so, I can't remember what it was. Door closes, another opens. Another opens. There's, <laughs> and they said, when the door closes, open it. It's a door, you know, like, <laughs> and I always like that because I'm like, why would I change what I'm doing? I'm, I'm, I was doing great. So, you know, what's funny? He was, so I, I also, um, except for this year, teach at Humber College. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of students in their you know, first, second year in advertising, and they're right. super excited to go into the industry. And I say to them, you're going to get fired at least once or twice. Yeah. And don't freak out because it'll happen. But in our industry, it's common. But if you talk to you know, our parents' generation or, or more corporate environment, yeah. there is a big stigma associated with it. But yeah. with, with advertising communications, it's just kind of a fact of life. It 100 percent it is, and yeah. it's 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 like when you talk to somebody who is from you know I'm I'm in my late late forties. When you talk to somebody in in our age bracket, our parents they didn't get fired from their jobs because they were doing unionized jobs or they were working mm-hmm. for you know well mostly union jobs. They were you know my parents were kind of both blue collar type people. Um, it, it just it's it's one of those things you know you either did your job or you didn't and it they didn't have like they didn't have what we've got which is a variety of opportunities you know marketing advertising is a very broad beast like you know you can go from strategy to creative something to being a recruiter like you don't you don't ever have to be the same thing you were a, a month ago no i started in account management became a strategist became a researcher, became a design thinker, like the opportunities are endless. And, and I always tell my students also, um, you'll develop many marketable skills. Mm-hmm. Select the ones that you love, mm-hmm. the ones that bring you joy and make a job out of that. Yeah. Do something around that. There's two things. There's two things. Well, there's three things, two things that I, I say repeatedly, I, cause I've also taught at Humber college. Um, and one of the one of the things I, I have told students is is look around at your class and get to know them because they're going to be your peers for your entire life. And they are the people that are going to be, depending on how successful they are or whatever, like the people that you are in school with. And if they stay in marketing, they are likely to just climb the ladder over and over again by switching companies or whatever, being you know promoted from within. And they're the people that are going to make decisions, you know, but the people that I went to school with, not all of them, but some of them are a kind of a big deal. The people that I worked at McLaren McCann in the early 2000s are all either C-suite or executive level. And they, you know, when they reach out to me, they are the people that make that decision. And it's, I don't I hardly ever talk to a creative director when it comes to jobs. I always talk to the way, way upper level because they're, they're the people I already know. Yeah. Those are your people. Yeah. yeah, That's great advice. And another thing I tell them too, is start your exit strategy, your first day of, of the job. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I like to, I don't, I would, I don't do that. I don't, I don't plan, I don't plan my exit. Have, have like an idea of what you want to do in case I always tell them in case your company goes under, Mm. what what are your next steps? What's going to happen? What are you going to do? So, you know, save up six months salary if you can. Good Um, luck. Yeah, I know. Network the heck out of, of your, your LinkedIn profile. Like just Mm -hmm. get out there, but I always tell them develop an exit strategy, especially once you're in your late thirties, forties, just start thinking about it. Yeah. I, the other thing, the other thing I say is um, learn to change your mind, learn to not stick with whatever you're doing just because it's what you've been doing. Oh yeah. You can't, you won't, you won't survive. You won't well, survive. I know designers who are creative directors who are no better than they were as designers 15 years ago because they've, they've chosen never to do anything else. And then, and that I also know people like me who have done a gazillion things and can never decide or describe what they do. Well, those you know? people worry me though, Hugh, the, the previous ones that you just described, the ones yeah. that are continuously doing, because if they get fired, and they have not um, adjusted their their portfolios in any way, mm-hmm. and they can't find an exact same job somewhere else. They're screwed. Yeah. No. Totally. You, you've totally. got to be super flexible. You and know, learn new skills. Yeah. It's. I think it's important to understand that when both of us probably came up, you're talking about a an incredibly variable market. Like we were never dealing with the exact same thing from week to week, month to month. So like, you know, what, what started out as we're making really simple websites to, Hey, flash is huge. Let's make flash sites to, Oh, flash is dead. Let's make mobile. Oh, mobile's boring. Let's do this. And now let's do experiential. And, you know, that change has been something that some of us, a lot of us within marketing have learned to embrace the, the willingness to move really quickly to change our own objectives to match what needs to be done in the moment. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a question and I apologize. It should have been a question. Do you agree? <laughs> I absolutely agree. It's, it, as a, from a recruiter's perspective, when I'm looking at profiles of, of individuals, I look for progression. So mm-hmm. I look for and it doesn't, I don't mean like progression in terms of job titles. I mean, in, in learning and skills and development. So yeah. if they've taken courses or if they have any kind of certification or anything like that. Um, and, and it tells me that they're also curious. Yeah. Right. And they want to continue to learn and to grow and to educate themselves. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's something that I, 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 I distinctly remember uh, this designer artist in uh, New York named Josh Davis saying, he's like, work, do the, do the work that you want to do. Like, don't because, because like he's well known for his iterative dis- design aesthetic. Um, it, you know, I was in a zoom call or a Google meet and he was presenting and he saw that I was there and he says, like you say you want some kind of prop or Star Wars thing or, you know, something 3D printed and designed, you could call Hugh because he could do it, you know? And it was one of, it was a moment for me where I was like, 
yeah, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to do Star Wars stuff. I mean, I do totally. That'd be amazing. But there are way better prop makers. <laughs> but the point of it, and I, I said like, hey, well, for the record, that's all part of a grander scheme. It's not about the Star Wars stuff. It's about understanding how to integrate electronics with three D printing to design for use. You know, my my point is to make things that you can use. So the long term goal, of course, was to design that light bar handle so that it worked in a way that I knew I could work it. And I have used the same light bars. I used them for 12 hours in two days running and none of them failed ever. And that to me is a, it's a, it's part of that long-term strategy of do the work you want to do. And that if you do the work you want to do, you, you can monetize it in some way, shape or form. Like the, yeah. the, the paid you get hired, you get hired to do the work and it's you like, do. you know, uh, somebody had said, somebody had said to me today, cause I, I, I just sort of said, like, I, I came back from a weekend of doing some crazy stuff, but it's all based off of that light motion capture stuff I've been doing. And he, and he commented, or he didn't comment, he messaged me directly. And he said, you know, hard work, can, can pay off. It doesn't necessarily always pay off. Sometimes you just work and that's the end of it, but it's really cool when hard work that is beautiful pays off, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't even realize that what they're doing could be a job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have people reaching out to me from 15 years ago and they send me screenshots of, of communication that we've had. And it's usually me helping them with their job hunting or, you know, connecting them to people and you know helping them just network even so not even knowing back then that i I wanted to be a recruiter right but it just came so naturally right so realizing then that i could actually monetize it and i also love creating businesses um hey why not create a business and do what you've already been doing for the past however many years and get paid for it well, I mean, I, you you and I spoke very early on when I was doing First Next Step and how, you know, that was just a, I just wanted to help people. I just had this, you know, I really wanted people to not struggle, obviously. I, I Struggle is bullshit and I hate it. And I think that, you know, if, if I can be a person to help them not struggle, that would be a good thing. And it was you and a couple of other recruiters who had reached out going like, I can't believe you're just doing this. Why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. And I realized <laughs> part of it was part of it was the training I received as being a part of a, a user group. It's a flash user group called flash and TO where I did, I was monthly speaking in front of a crowd, becoming very comfortable with the microphone, becoming very comfortable in front of people, understanding how to think on my feet, understanding how to work a crowd, you know, getting to understand how people can be uncomfortable and how to get them there. Right. Because we were constantly bringing people up on stage that just weren't prepared. You know, you are comfortable in front of the mic. I'm comfortable in front of the mic, but it's one of the top two things people are scared of is public speaking and death. So, I mean, if you're <laughs> more afraid to get on a mic than you are to, to, to die, then I am there to make sure that you don't feel that way. Right. And are you and bringing it back? Bring it back. I'll be bringing it back. Yeah. I, I, I have been talking to some people about bringing it back. It's now that we're I'm not, we're not endemic in any way, but we are sort of mid wave. And I want to, I want to just make sure that we're all safe when we do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, 100% it's, it's coming back. Good. It's a great program. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Um, 
do you find now, do you find now that the advice that you're giving is more directly related to people that you are working with to try to find them work or is it, or to try to fill roles that you have available? Both. So I, I speak to, and I'm not going to, I'm not exaggerating. I speak to at least on the phone, at least 15 to 20 people a day and via email, at least I'd say 50 to 60 people a day. Right. Um, so I talk to a lot of people and I don't have that many jobs open. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do a combination. Um, the advice I give the free advice that I give because recruiters don't get paid to give advice. Yeah. We don't. Um, but I give a lot of free advice and I help mm. people with little things like how to make your resume better. Um, how to apply for a job on LinkedIn properly, how to network. And, you know, people will reach out to me and just say, Jen, I'm looking for a new opportunity. What do you think I should do? That right. question I, I don't love because <laughs> I can't make that decision for you. What do you want to do? Yeah. Um, but it's, it usually starts off that way. But then I have all other people that I talk to who I'm talking to because they are viable candidates for my role. Right. And I, I talk to them about where they currently are and how they're feeling about it. And why do they want to talk to me in the first place? You know, that's a big question mm-hmm. is why are you engaging with me? You know, are you actively looking for something? Are you just curious to hear about what's going on in the world? What don't you love about where you are? Mm-hmm. So I try to see if they can make it better first. Yeah. So wherever you are, what can you do differently to make it better? Is it, is it, I call it a breakup because it's broken. Like the, mm-hmm. this is some advice my mom gave me many years ago when I was dumped by a guy and I was madly in love with him and I kept begging him to stay. And he'd come back and then we'd split up and then he'd come back and we'd split up. Happened like three times. And my mom kept saying to me, Jen, it's called a breakup because it's broken. Right. It's over. So that was really wise advice. It's also a book. So I don't know if she stole it from the oh, book. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, she cracks open a fortune cookie. And she's also like, there's also light at the end of the tunnel. You know, <laughs> and your lucky numbers are six, seven, 12, and two. <laughs> but it really struck me because she was absolutely right. So when people are leaving their jobs, I, um, I always try to find out whether or not it's broken. If it's broken, leave. And often what's happening, especially in this market, is a lot of candidates are using other job offers to get counter offers. Yeah. And I tell them, don't do that because it's broken. You know, if 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 you get a counter offer, chances are 50 percent actually statistically that you'll either get fired or you'll leave within the next six months. It poisons the well. I mean, that 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 kind of strategy, in my in my opinion, poisons the well. You just end up going like. I didn't want to be here. I was willing to entertain other offers. You know, there, there's a whole, and then they start to look at you as like a chiseling little asshole. So it's like, yeah, that's the real problem is like, do you want to be, start to be seen as the issue, you know, yeah. which like you said, statistically speaking means you just get canned anyways. Yep, exactly. It's a really, really, really bad strategy. Uh, so the advice I give them is, is to see if they can fix the, the breakup first. And if it's not repairable, then leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, when people are quitting their jobs or even when they're being fired, um, they have to remember that they're breaking up with the company, yeah. they're not breaking up with the people. Yeah. Right. And the people will remain in their lives 
um, eventually in some capacity, they'll run into them again. So oh. yeah, you're, you're breaking up with company, but the, the people are still your, your people. Uh, yeah. I, I think when you, when you, when you get down to the, the third P, which is it's a personal firing, then you, there's no way around it. Like you're, they're not a, they're not a company that you're going to be able to use as a reference. You're not going to, you're going to have to find someone within that company or that organization that you worked with who you, who did like you and you liked and you can trust, but you won't like, if, if it becomes a personal thing and that kind of, it, and, and honestly, if it was like, you are the reason, <laughs> then, then just write off that whole segment. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. My last firing was personal. And uh, like I mentioned, the, the individual tried to hit me up for a job and right didn't help him out at all. No, of course but not. The people from that agency are some of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I have like, I mean, I've had, like, once I started that networking, networking event, it, it was like, people thought I was a recruiter and I'm like, I'm not a recruiter. Like I'll put you in touch with whomever you wish, but you know, and, and what was funny is I remember, I can't remember who it was, it was a recruiter, a recruiter I know, but I had, I had said, man, I, I'm really, I'm, putting a lot of people in touch. And, and he'd said, are you asking for a commission? And I was like, no, what? No, not ever. No. Why would I do that? And he's like, because it's valuable that you're doing this, you know, there's a value in it. And I, and I, I don't know. I don't like making money off of that. I, I probably should want to make money off of it. And if Libs is in the next room listening, she's probably like, you, you're an idiot. Well, <laughs> you know what, you, you, so the only way that you would actually uh, that that the recruiter would benefit is if they place that candidate somewhere. Right. So yeah, yeah which, which honestly, um, I would say about I don't know. I can't even say statistically. I'll just say like the majority of the people that I I give advice to, I don't place anywhere. Right. Yeah. And that, so, and that's how I kind of yeah. looked at it, anyways. Like I, yeah. I have I don't remember anybody saying like, "Hey, I got a job through you." No, no. It's just about. It's just I just don't, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a closed door. I want to make sure that if someone, the number of messages I would get where I'm like, I don't remember you. Uh, You know, I'm glad you came out. I wish I could help you, but I'm not a recruiter, you know? Well, even so, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I put something on my LinkedIn recently about if you want to be on my radar. Right. You know, slide into my DMs. I don't know if that's (laughs) what people say anymore, but. That's totally, it's totally what they say. (laughs) Sure. I have an abundance of people in my direct messages. And uh, yeah. I would say most of them are out of country or um, like yep. new Canadians or new or new. Yeah. New Canadians or um, students looking to get into advertising and realistically as a recruiter, I can't help any of them. Yeah. Zero of them. I, yeah. I won't have any jobs for them from my clients, but as a, as a person who's worked in the industry and as a human who likes to help people, uh, I can give them advice for free. And 100%. That's what I've been doing. So I'm, I'm responding to each and every individual. And the response I get from them was like, you know, I can't believe you responded. Thank you. You must right. be so busy. But yeah, you've, you've got to make that connection with people. And, you know, it's funny. There was one woman I met when I first started working as a recruiter and she was a new Canadian. And I met with her. Didn't have a job for her. I just mm. met with her and gave her advice. Couldn't remember her name for the life of me, to be quite honest. But she reached out to me about six months ago and said, the advice you gave me years ago really helped me land a job. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And I I couldn't remember. But Oh, well. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Listen, uh, you know, after it was, I did the 
first next step thing for two years and it was like quarterly there are people that you know who connected with me on facebook or linkedin or whatever and and it's like they talk to me like we're friends and i you know they'll comment on things and i'll just be like i don't know who the hell you are and it's not meant to be dismissive of those people but but they're not a a constant factor in my life and it's i have discovered and you probably have have too is we we all have different weights that we place on our relationships so well, there are levels. Yeah, there are well, levels. And totally. you can wait on people. And I, I kind of classify it as people that um, I would want to go for a beer with. Right. People that are in my immediate circle that I see all the time and every day. And, you know, I cry and they cry. And that's to intimate relationships. Yeah. And then there are people that I would, you know, go to bat for as well. And I, I trust and respect them. Mm-hmm. And then people that I have no idea who they are, but have respect for them and they're human beings. <laughs> yeah. They're human beings. And, yeah. I, and and honestly, like you've seen me work in the room at, at a first next step. I'm nice to everybody, yeah. you know, and everybody deserves that. Nobody deserves a jerk. You know, it, you know, one of the, the companies that um, let me go, I had a conversation with the managing director once about a client that they brought on and mm. the client was being sued. They were not ethical <laughs> um, I felt like they were not a good association for the company. Right. So I expressed my beliefs and I said, I've, I've done my research on this company. This is what I found. I really don't think we should bring them in as a client. It's going to tarnish our brand, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the manager director looked at me and said, Jen, just do your job. Just do your job. Do Man, your job. That's and problematic. My, my jaw dropped. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, but I got fired. So whatever. It's all yeah. good. Well, Hey, listen, so I have nothing but respect for you. I, I, and I would, I would, I would say it's been increased. I would say it's been increased yeah. tenfold even today. Wow. Thank yep. you. This has been one of the better conversations I've had in the past. Um, week <laughs> i've been flying two days i've been flying two days of those of that week though i left flew you know on saturday and i came back last night it's not a high bar <laughs> awesome. i'm kidding i'm kidding no no no. this has i i have uh, truly enjoyed this conversation honestly if this was like across the table and we had drinks in hand we'd be clinking a lot i think there'd be a lot of us going yeah clink you know what i mean because <laughs> Uh, I see a lot of your experience in, uh, (laughs) oh yeah, well, I got got this, you know, there you go. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. I, uh, do you have any last, I, you've given such great advice. I don't even know how you could have any last minute advice, but if you have any last minute advice, Jen, I'd be welcome to keep it in. My last advice would just be, do not internalize it. There are better things that are out there. It's not personal. And even if it is personal, move on. And are you really going to remember it 20 years from now? Like not remember it, but yes, is it, you we're going <laughs> to really negatively impact you 20 years from now. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I, honestly, like the, the conversation I had with, with John was, was funny. He had, he had said it, it actually the three episodes I've recorded yours included. It's, it's kind of that is like, figure out how you can get past this, like figure yeah. it out. And it, a lot of what, what John had said was, is identify what it is that is bothering you about it. Like figure out what it is that bothers you, because when you can figure it out, that's how you get past it. You can't just say, I'm done. I'm done being upset. Right. You have to figure out why you're upset. And what I had countered with was 
you need to be honest about it. You can't just say, I'm mad because they did this. It's got to be, I'm upset because, and be honest, I didn't do what I should have done, or I did, you know, figure out what your part of it is and you can get past it more easily. That's great advice. But if there's no part that you played in it, um, oh, well, then you wouldn't be, you would not be hardly upset at all. Honestly, you don't get up, you don't get that upset about politics once you can identify it is politics. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you can't get upset about something being personal as long as it wasn't you that was the instigator or the antagonist in that. If you're the victim of something personal, it's way easier to get, get over it than it is if you are the antagonist, right? I mean, let's be honest, if you're kind of a jerk, you're still going to blame that other person, but you'll be upset because internally, you know, you're the one that caused that friction. Well, you know, know, it's um, one of the things, one of the qualities that I really don't like in people is when they're not accountable, Uh, when they're, when they're victims and they blame everybody for everything else. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah, Understand what your part was. I love that advice. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Know where you um, could have done better or been better if at all and identify the reasons why. And uh, like you said, move on. Mm-hmm. And moving on is the, the, the um, honestly, moving on is the key. Like, you know, you can, you can, like you'd said, when you started that second job, you were still holding on to the first, but you were still grieving it. And that's nowhere to be because then no. you're, you're constantly looking over your shoulder going, but I wish this had worked out, you know? Okay. I'm going to give some advice, last advice from my favorite Peloton instructor. <laughs> 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 she says, and it's about relationships, but it's relatable here too. Sure. She says, when you put out the trash, do you keep going outside to check on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a that's a great metaphor for yeah. what we're talking about. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Thanks, you. That was fun. This episode of Dismissed was produced by and is copyright of Hugh Elliott. Did you enjoy this episode and want to support the podcast? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Hugh Q Elliott, two L's and two T's. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month for behind the scenes, early releases, and even more content. Feel like you have a story to tell? Email Hugh dismissed at hughqelliot.com with the subject guest. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic day.